Hello and welcome everyone to today's episode of Voices of E-Learning. I'm your host as always, J.W. Marshall with MarketScale, and we are so glad that you found us today. We have a great guest for you uh, in this episode. John Jorgensen is with us. He is the CMO at Cambium Learning Group. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, J.W. Thanks for having me. And we have some great topics to dive into, but before we get started, John, if you could give our audience a little background on yourself and your role at Cambium Learning Group. Sure, I'm happy to. Uh, yeah, I started in uh, in publishing just over 25 years ago. I started as an editor in publishing and, and ended up moving on to do creative work and then strategic marketing for uh, K-12 imprints. Um, ended up mo- moving on to other marketing roles, most, most recently at uh, Carnegie Learning in Pittsburgh as their chief marketing officer and now, now at Cambium Learning Group. Um, at Cambium Learning Group, my role is really uh, kind of broken down into three big areas. The first one is um, to, to, to just engage the world in Cambium's uh, brand story because um, we think that it's really a, a, a unique story and we want people to, um, to, to just better understand what Cambium is all about. So um, spend a lot of time there. Also work with each of the business units uh, that make up Cambium Learning Group to help them do the same thing. They all have different different brands that, that have uh, different missions. And so, uh, you know, I work closely with them to help them not just better connect to Cambium's brand story, but also uh, to tell the best brand story they can um, to their audiences. And, and then the third one is, is, is clearly the most important one, which is we're really focused on making sure that the, the voice of, of the teacher, of the student, of the administrator, of the parent, that that voice is at the table in all of our conversations, whether we're talking about product development, uh, mergers and acquisitions, uh, you know, different different possibilities, we want to make sure that we don't lose sight of of the voice of the people that were really in existence to help. And so, um, you know, being in my role and having kind of a connection to all the businesses and at the Cambium level, I really try to stay focused on making sure that that voice is present in all of those conversations. Absolutely. And we definitely wanted to dive into that topic today uh, in some depth as far as Cambium being a portfolio-based uh, company and, and what that means and how that might be different, uh, some of the opportunities and challenges. But before we go down that track, um, I also wanted to point out that uh, there's been a lot of uh, conversations around the direction of education in the last 12 plus months, especially due to the pandemic. Um, and we've had many of them here on our show um, but you guys have actually partnered with a research firm to collect some hard data uh, through a recent survey that you did, and that's really timely. And would love to hear about that survey and some of the key findings that you've had. Yeah, happy to. And this really goes back to what I just mentioned about um, making sure that we stay really connected to the voice of the, the market. Um, we partnered with Hanover Research, which is a research firm in D.C., in January, we did a, a, a survey of the market that resulted in just over 100 administrators from, from around districts around the country. And we, we found some, some uh, really amazing things. Like whenever you do these studies, it's always a mix of sort of confirming some things that you, uh, that, that you knew, but then um, being surprised by some things. And that's exactly what happened this time. So um, just a couple of the key findings. We, we found that um, you know, with the pandemic, absenteeism was kind of the big, uh, you know, the big challenge, the big fear uh, for administrators. And so that was, that was certainly number one, but, but right behind that uh, was, 
just this challenge of, okay, we're, we're moving to uh, remote learning. Um, we're, we've been using ed tech for years, but to varying degrees. So like, what do we do now? Like there's so much ed tech out there. How do we make good decisions and how do we choose the right things uh, for our students and for our teachers? And so that was a, a primary concern of the administrators we talked to. Not really surprising, uh, given how quickly everything happened, but um, but it was it, it was a very clear uh, message that we got when we asked. Um, another one, again, not not necessarily a surprise, was just around equity. You know, the 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 access to technology uh, can look very different for teachers and students depending on on the district, depending on the zip code, and so that was a real concern of administrators. How are we going to make sure that we have equal access? Uh, to um, to the technology that we're going to uh, really invest in uh, across the board. So that was uh, just over fifty per, or just around fifty percent of administrators said that that was a real concern that they had. Um, another uh, another concern um, that was around the fifty percent mark was uh, about fifty percent of the administrators said that um, learning loss was something that they just they knew they were contending with, and it was going to take at least. I, I think the average was around six months that they said it was going to take for them to um, to kind of get to where they need to be uh, coming coming through and and out of the pandemic. So um, there's been a lot of a lot of uh, talk about learning loss, uh, you know, around the industry. And the people that we talked to said, "Look, this is real for us, and, and this is something we're going to have to to deal with." Um, the thing that was probably the big surprise that came out of this, and it was a very pleasant surprise, um, and you know, I just, it kind of energized us at Cambium when we, when we read this was 75% um, of the administrators we talked to said that they were actually uh, optimistic about what was to come. They felt they were actually in a better position having gone through the pandemic, gone through all the challenges, certainly that they don't want to, they're not eager to do it again, but they feel that because they went through what they went through and had to, to, to just figure things out. Um, that they built up some real muscles and accelerated some things that they had maybe started or were thinking about starting because they had to. And they felt that now having gone through all of that, despite the difficulties and challenges, 75% um, felt optimistic and, and said, we're actually in a better spot than if this hadn't happened. Um, so that was, that was encouraging to see because there have been, I mean, the challenges have been so real, especially for teachers. Um, certainly for administrators as well. And so, um, you know, for them to feel that, hey, yeah, this has been tough, don't want to do it again, but we're optimistic and we feel stronger coming out of it. That was really encouraging. And that's really encouraging also because uh, I've, in this show, had a lot of conversations with the ed tech community and they're very optimistic coming out of the pandemic. Um, but to actually have uh, statistics from the uh, administrators that they're optimistic is, uh, is really exciting. Um, I wanted to, to pull out one of your, your questions, uh, your points around um, just the fear of all of the technology, choosing the right programs, that type of thing. Um, and as you know, there's, there's quite a bit of uh, funding, billions of dollars pouring into um, the market, dripping out uh, state by state over the next several months and years. Um, what advice would you have to any administrators listening now um, around how to not be overwhelmed um, and how to really think, not through just the next year, but through the next five or 10 years as far as the, the implementation of infrastructure and programs that are going to have long-lasting value? Yeah, I think um, it's a great question. And certainly it's, 
the uh, topmost concern for for a lot of those administrators. I, I think um, that the way I would answer that uh, probably bleeds into some other things we're going to talk about in a few minutes, which is, um, you know, I think that that we at Cambium are really focused on listening to the teachers in the classroom. Um, we absolutely believe that teachers uh, really understand best kind of what it is they need to be successful. And a lot of the challenges that we've experienced in, in education has been the result of not necessarily uh, listening to that, not supporting it, uh, not providing uh, the professional uh, support that the teachers uh, have been asking for. And so um, we as a brand are really focused on listening to that and giving the teachers what um, what they're telling us would be most helpful for them to uh, achieve the goals that they have. And, and, and I would definitely say the same thing to administrators who are trying to decide, you know, don't get too, uh, don't, don't get um, kind of disconnected from what the teachers are, are telling you, the things that will really work and make a difference and make sure that you're, um, you know, choosing the things that are solving actual problems they're having in the classroom. Um, not just something that might be, uh, you know, flashy or, or, or you know, the, the newest thing, but something that will, will have, have a real impact on the problems that are, that are paramount for them. And if you, stay, if you stay focused on those and get really good quality products and make the investments in them and uh, partner with the organizations to implement them uh, really, really well, then um, those are going to be the products that, that end up making a difference kind of go, going through this and coming out of it. And I would, I would certainly recommend to administrators that they um, kind of take that, take the teacher's lead and, and, and work with them to decide, okay, what are the things that will make the biggest difference for the things we're most challenged by? I love that um, because I think another silver lining of the pandemic is uh, bringing a voice uh, to those stakeholders that maybe didn't have as much of a voice before, even to the point of parents uh, and students, but really educators. Um, administrators are really listening to educators now, and so that's, that's exciting to hear you echo that. Um, let's shift gears a, a little bit now into um, talking about the structure of Cambium Learning Group and being a portfolio-based ed tech company. First of all, what is that for anyone in my audience that, that doesn't know? Um, and what is the, the current and the future state of, uh, of portfolio-based ed tech companies in general? Yeah, yeah. No, I think um, it, it, that is a sort of really important question for us and, and one that we talk a lot about because... Um, it has a lot to do with why we think uh, we're, we're um, you know, a unique business that uh, has a real leadership role going forward. So um, portfolio business, we are a collection of uh, businesses. So right now, uh, uh, Cambium is, a, is five distinct business units. Um, we have uh, Lexia Learning, which uh, is in the process of coming together with uh, another business unit, Voyager Sopris Learning. Uh, we have Learning A to Z, Explore Learning, uh, Cambium Assessment, and Time for Learning. So each business unit is independently run, has its own president, sales, product development, marketing. Um, you know, their, their, their structures are, are uh, unique. Uh, they are their own brand, their own culture. Um, and yet we have a shared service structure at the Cambium corporate level where we take care of uh, virtually everything that is sort of behind the scenes. So um, finance, HR, legal, uh, IT, brand strategy. The Cambium level at, at the portfolio company level, corporate level, takes care of all of those things. And the reason that's so important, and, and, and it's a very intentional 
decision that we made to kind of embrace that structure. The reason it's so important is because that allows the businesses to stay absolutely focused on kind of two big things. One is just creating the most innovative products that are going to solve the kinds of problems we just talked about um, the best that they can possibly that they can possibly solve them. So they're focused on that and then they're focused on, focused on the customer success. So making sure that customers are um, leveraging the products uh, fully, are being supported um, and are just achieving their goals. And so when they're able to focus really exclusively on those things, developing products that are very specific to the, the, the vertical that they, they live in, uh, and then making sure that their customers are successful, not having to worry about everything else, then that gives them um, a real advantage against a lot of the companies that they go up against where they're just much more traditional. So, um, so it, it's a very intentional kind of strategy to make sure that we are providing the best possible solutions. And it's, it's been one that we've been committed to from the beginning and will continue to be uh, going forward. And I'm sure as a CMO for uh, this portfolio, um, it, it's uh, challenging sometimes. Obviously, there's some advantages um, that you just described, but uh, what are the challenges uh, of building a, a consistent brand strategy across the portfolio? Yeah, I think that, um, I mean, first of all, it's not the easiest way to do it. You know, it, it certainly makes, makes uh, my job and the job of, of many of us at the Cambium level uh, challenging sometimes because, you know, it, in, in a lot of ways, it would, be, it would be easier to say, okay, this is Cambium. This is how we're going to do it. Um, but what might be easier for us isn't, we, we don't believe better for the customers we're trying to serve. So, um, I mean, the challenges are kind of the obvious things. Each business is just plain different. The cultures are different. The people are different. Um, they have kind of different, uh, unique challenges. I mean, you look at a Cambium assessment that is largely a, uh, state level digital assessment business, um, versus, um, a time for learning, which is a, a digital homeschool business, you know, very different kind of um, missions um, in, in a lot of respects, but, um, but a lot of similarities too. So, um, I mean, that really is the, the thing that's, that's most challenging is that the businesses are just different and we're committed to maintaining that autonomy and that individual um, kind of brand that we think is so important. Um, you know, but I think the advantages far outweigh the, the, the challenges. I think um, you know, what is a huge advantage is just being able to, um, as I mentioned, be really focused on serving their customers, making sure that they are differentiated um, and solving the, the actual problems that their specific customers um, continue to tell them that they have. So, um, so they end up having, there are more advantages to, to being part of Cambium than just, um, you know, having all of that shared services support and the scale that being part of Cambium uh, brings. They also you know, Cambium stands for something. And we'll, um, you know, I'll talk about this in, in just a minute, but um, Cambium as a brand stands for something. And we are um, increasingly working with the business units to say, how can we, how can we help you um, by being part of Cambium? How can that, how can that help your brand? Not just help Cambium as, as a portfolio company, but how can being part of Cambium and what Cambium is all about um, help you with the goals that you have for your brand. And so we spent a lot of time uh, working with each of the business units in a very in a very bespoke sort of way saying, okay, how can we help you evolve your brand? Um, not just as part of Cambium, certainly that's important, but as a as a business, as a brand that it has, a, has a very specific uh, mission, that's a huge part of what we do. And that's only possible because of 
of the structure that we have. And so that, that to me is a huge opportunity. It means that as we look to grow, continue to, to scale the business, um, we're able to go out and find things that, that solve real problems really well, not just go out and find things that say, oh, well, will that match kind of what Cambium is all about? That, that's less important than finding something that's really going to make a difference. And then, and then finding those shared attributes that, um, that, that make it part of Cambium and make that a natural fit. Well, and let's just keep going down that track. Um, you know, that sounds like that's uh, probably different than uh, a lot of other portfolio-based ed tech companies that, that may be collecting uh, uh, brands in, in a different way. Um, you guys are actually trying to, to really intentionally make a difference. What other differences uh, between maybe other ed tech portfolio brands does Cambium Learning Group bring to the table? Yeah, I think, you know, we are um, very digital-centric. Um, and so we want to make sure that we are um, providing kind of uh, forward-thinking, innovative solutions. So, you know, like I mentioned, even the, the assessment business is, is kind of the digital leader in, in assessment, kind of the, the, the trailblazer in that respect. Um, and so that's really important for us. That's sort of a filter that we put things through to say, is this going to fit with what Cambium is all about uh, being kind of digital-centric? Um, but you're absolutely right. I think that you know most companies of scale that are in our space um, take the opposite approach. You know they look to grow through uh, certainly organic growth, but but largely through acquisition, and they look to um, kind of uh, you know integrate that that uh, that company into their larger structure and have a single uh, point of contact, a single uh, you know product voice go-to-market voice. Um, and that's great for them, right? Like, I mean, that, that makes things efficient, very clean, um, that, you know, that their structures are very clean, but it also means that you start having to kind of fit things together that don't necessarily fit. Um, and in your quest to realize uh, efficiencies, you end up um, kind of, you know, we, we often see customers not getting served as well as they could be served and, and innovation not happening. Um, as well as it could possibly happen, because you're you're so focused on this entity that you're trying to to grow and to to keep consistent. So um, that's something that we see in the market uh, a lot, and it's something that we are um, absolutely committed to not falling into the trap of. Despite you know there are all sorts of pressures to do that, um, but it's not something that we think is in the best interest of our company. Certainly, um, and the reason for that is because it's not in the best interest of of the, the customers that we have. So our, our CEO, John Campbell, is, um, he, he's been at Cambium for, for many years and has been very committed to that, that structure. And I know that he's very passionate about it. And, and I've been in the industry uh, for almost two decades as well and have seen firsthand um, some portfolio companies make decisions based on, on their own profitability and, and trying to um, get their their company where they want to get their company to and and it doesn't always translate down into the uh, the end users uh, so it's really great to hear um, that there's a portfolio company out there that really is looking at the end users first um, and you guys cambium is a destination of choice um, talk about the various stakeholders that cambium serves yeah so um it really runs the gamut i mean we we are a business that is um focused on uh you know, we have products that are student-centric. We have teacher-centric products, um, administrators at the at the school district and, and even state level um, are, are are really important. And then there's parents. And so, um, you know, we have products, we have businesses that um, 
touch all of those those stakeholder groups. I, I think one of uh, you had mentioned or asked just a minute ago about kind of what makes Cambium different. I think there is also this kind of um, stakeholder approach that's different, which is this both bottom up and top down approach, where we um, create things that could be um, could be purchased utilized by individual teachers, you know, things that they could easily plug in to, to help uh, accomplish their goals. So it's not just this, you know, very kind of top-down approach. We certainly have products and businesses that are more focused at, at the district or at the state levels, um, but not, ex not exclusively. We have different businesses for different stakeholder groups. So I think, I think that's just really important. Um, and, and, and I think we're, we're staying very focused um, in terms of content areas uh, with respect to stakeholders very focused on literacy, you know, pr product lines like Lexia and um, Letters is a professional development product uh, that helps teachers become literacy, literacy teachers, um, avoid your social learning, learning A to Z, you know, literacy is just so foundational to education. So that's always been um, kind of a headliner for us in terms of um, content and the stakeholders that we, we uh, serve. Um, you know, STEM is is increasingly important. Explore Learning has you know gizmos and uh, science and math uh, simulations and um, Reflex, which is a fact math fact fluency product. They have a brand new product called Frax, which is um, a fractions product. Uh, so those are all really engaging uh, kind of gamified uh, solutions that are um, that are designed for uh, STEM. Really trying to help kids become see themselves as being potential scientists or mathematicians. Um, which is really cool. Um, and then assessment is something that's a, a huge focus for us, not just on uh, the Cambium assessment side, but we have um, other products. Uh, so we cover kind of formative and summative assessment. Uh, again, very digital centric on the assessment side. So you add on top of that things like homeschool with time for learning, um, which obviously has been been huge this year uh, and has just been growing uh, you know, ever since uh, its founding. And we expect that to continue. And then even international, we have international stakeholders where we have uh, distribution partners in kind of targeted uh, areas of, of the world. And uh, we're now in 170 countries um, as of today. So, you know, I, I think the, the stakeholder, I, I'd hate to answer it with our stakeholders are everyone, um, but we really, because we are focused on those things, but I think um, it's, it's important that we, we really, you know, kind of make sure that we don't leave anyone behind when it comes to the students, the teachers, the administrators, the parents. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it seems like you're really addressing a, uh, an issue uh, that districts have had for a number of decades in that there were kind of two choices. There was the, the very, very large publishers, which are um, typically more uh, generic content uh, based, uh, trying to be all things to all people, and then some very small niche um, one-off uh, startups or uh, ed tech companies that are really just focused on one thing and, and maybe sometimes don't have the benefit of that breadth, um, you know. And so it seems like you're maybe the Goldilocks uh, coming in the middle where uh, you've kind of got the best of both worlds. That doesn't just happen um, unintentionally. Uh, talk about how that's been a, a Cambium strategy um, throughout the years. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it absolutely has been has been the strategy. I, I think that um, you know historically we we had been more of a just kind of collection of great brands sort of company. The portfolio uh, aspect, the shared services, you know, the Cambium at the Cambium level was always de-emphasized, and so we we tried to run that as lean as possible, so we could just maintain the highest investment levels 
with respect to the businesses. I think we have in the last um, couple of years uh, in particular, um, really, you know, I, I love that sort of, you know, have your cake and eat it too kind of idea, because I think that's what we've tried to, to find that sweet spot is to say, look, we definitely want to preserve this, this house of brands uh, architecture. And for all the reasons we've been talking about, but, you know, Cambium stands for something and there's potential there to talk about Cambium as a story. And I think that that's something uh, that, that was a primary reason why, why I was uh, brought back to Cambium uh, in 2019 was to say, okay, well, let's build that. Let's, we know it's here. So let's tell people about that brand story. And so, um, so I, I spent, you know, the better part of my first year uh, working on that and, and where we landed with it was to say, okay, well, if we want the businesses to, um, to, to really shine in, independently, we need to work with them and make sure that their brands and products are as good as they can be solving the problems they need to solve. Absolutely. We need to continue doing that. We need to continue to, um, provide increased shared services so they can focus even more, you know, more of a laser focus on, on those two goals of product innovation and customer success. Um, but here's what we need to add to that. We need to make sure that people understand and that we understand kind of what, why Cambium? What makes Cambium special? I mean, how is it more than just a collection of companies? And so um, we spent a lot of time uh just talking, going back to what I mentioned, talking to the market and getting to know, um, getting to know them, and 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 talking to all of the, the businesses and making sure that you know we were leveraging all of the intel that they had been gathering for for years. And and we we landed on on three things which we kept hearing over and over and over again, no matter who we talked to, and and we sort of distilled these three things down um, to what we call our our essential elements. And those three things are simplicity, certainty, and now. And so um, simplicity, so you know, what is that? Well, education um, just continues to get, it's just becomes noisier and it's more complex. And you know, people are saying, you know, especially in the last year, um, and, and teachers are like, you know, just give me the solutions that solve the problems that I have um, and, and make sure that, that they help me with um, not just making sure kids become proficient, but make sure that they actually have a, a, an increased sense of well-being. Because we know that um, you know teachers are just mission critical to learning happening. So give me simple solutions to the problems I'm telling you I have and make sure that I actually want to use those things. So simplicity, that was one element we said, okay, well, let's, let's, let's really latch on to that. The second one was certainty, which is um, they, they, they can't be guessing, like, is this going to work? Is it not going to work? Um, is this something that my teachers will be able to do? Will it be too hard for them? Um, educators are people and people want to feel safe. They want to feel secure. And especially now, uh, uncertainty is just um, just such a huge part of our worlds, not just education, but, but our worlds. And so we have to make sure that we are giving them things that make them feel, okay, good. This is helping me. This, I, I know that I can count on this to work. It's going to solve the problem I want it to solve. It's just going to work. And so helping them feel confident, safe, we said, okay, that's something they keep telling us that they want and they're not getting. Um, and then there was this third thing, th this idea, this element of now, which, you know, so many ed tech companies are so focused on the future, right? Like building this future of kids being college and career ready and growing the leaders of tomorrow and all of this great, like, that's all great. I mean, of course, we all want those things, but um, at Cambium, we, in talking to, to all of these educators, um, we realized that 
you know what, that doesn't just happen. You can't just sort of hide behind that as an ed tech company and say, oh yeah, use our stuff and don't worry, your kids will all be college and career ready and futures will be bright and we'll have these great leaders uh, of tomorrow. So um, we're focused on, on right now, like today. And, and we're constantly asking ourselves, like, how will this product engage kids, get them excited, um, make them feel like they're valued, uh, solve real problems in the moment? Like, how can we make the most of every moment that we have to solve the urgent challenges today? Because, you know, of course, the future only happens when you add those moments up. And if, if you really make, make a commitment as an ed tech company to say, we're going to help you today, we're going to help you with the challenges you have today. And, and those challenges are, are things like engagement, proficiency, well-being. Then if we do that, then you are going to get that future. We're not going to hide behind that. We're going to give you things in the moment that are working for you right now and make sure that we're giving you the, the support that you need to make that happen. So these ideas of simplicity, certainty now, these are elements that kind of are the, the foundation of the Cambian brand. And when you look at the different businesses and the products that those businesses have across the portfolio, um, I'm constantly working with the businesses and, and my colleagues are to say, how can, how can we bring more, even more simplicity to this product experience? How can we make sure that people feel even better and safer and more certain that this is helping them? How can we make sure that kids are really feeling like, okay, this isn't a waste of time. I'm really, this is cool. I'm engaged in this. And I, I can see how this, this matters. You know, how can we help them in the moment that they, they need us? Like, and if we're thinking about those three things and everything we do from product development to the companies we are thinking about acquiring and make sure, okay, yeah, you know, these guys really fit with this. Um, if we do that, we absolutely believe that, that that's what the market wants. It's what the market is going to continue to need. And that's how we're going to grow as a business. That's how our portfolio will continue to be um, smart and intentional and kind of focused on delivering those three things. If we do that, then, then we're going we're gonna to be successful. So it's not about uh, you know, the, the latest fad or chasing, chasing funding or whatever you know, a lot of companies are, are kind of focused on. It's about delivering on those three elements that not that we came up with, it wasn't just we decided someday that, oh, those are the three things we want to focus on. We went out and, and talked to the market market. And, you know, we had, you know, all of our colleagues that are decades of time in the space and, and we brought it all together and it just became so clear. If we can do this, then Cambium is really going to make a difference. And you've just given me another hour's worth of conversation to have just on that response. Um, but quickly, I'll, I'll work backwards. I couldn't agree more. Now is the time. My audience knows I preach this. Uh, it's not next fall or next year. It is right now. It was earlier this year. We've got to make these changes. Um, and they are going to incrementally add up to a brighter future. Um, the point on certainty couldn't be more uh, you know, relevant today. Uh, I, I feel for a lot of uh, ed tech startups that started recently, it's just a tough time for districts to, to gamble on something that may or may not work. Uh, it's really a time for efficacy proven, you know, products that, that they know are going to work. Um, and then simplicity. Uh, if it's not easy for educators, for teachers, it's not going to get implemented with fidelity and, and it's not going to work. And so um, the fact that you're always continuing to to make the product simple and easy. And by the way, making a, a simplified user experience is one of the hardest, most complex things to do, right? It doesn't mean it's a basic uh, program. It means there was a lot of thought going into how to make something, you know, complex, very simple. So 
Um, kudos to you and your team for, for continuing to strive for that. Um, but speaking of teachers, uh, similar um, teachers aren't universally valued uh, right now or supported, um, and that's leading to um, a looming teacher crisis. Um, Cambion specifically is kind of built to address uh, these foundational issues um, where maybe a lot of other brands are not, um, you know, focused on that. Give us uh, some insights into what Cambium is doing to uh, address this looming teacher crisis. Yeah, I, I'm glad you asked about this because I, I think this is um, this is one of the things that really drives us and we think is is um, absolutely mission critical because teachers are, you know, all years of research that tells us what's the most important ingredient to a kid, uh, you know, being able to to, to learn effectively and and have a sense of well-being. It's a teacher that believes in them and is supported and they can count on. So um, yeah, I mean, they're, you know, I read all the same statistics you do. I, there was a, a recent uh, Edweek Market Brief article that um, talked about how uh, they, they surveyed teachers and more than half of the teachers said that they were likely to leave teaching in two years, in the next two years, more than half, which when, when you look at, at the same question that was asked just 18 months ago, it was only 34%. So it wasn't caused by the pandemic. 34% is still pretty jarring, but the yeah. pandemic has made it even, even more of, a, of an urgent issue. Um, a couple other statistics, you know, it's, it's even more urgent uh, in districts where uh, the majority of the students are, are minority students, where it's the turnover rate for teachers is upwards of 70% which is just, you know, talk about um, an equity issue for both students and teachers. It's just, it's, it's, it's shocking. And, and then there's just the teachers that are there, the level of experience. Um, one of the studies that, that we looked at was in 1988, the average K-12 teacher had 15 years of experience. And in 2018, when the study was done, that had gone down to three years. So, you know, I, I, we look at these things and, and we've all been in the space for a long time. And a lot of times we look at these things and we have our mouths open, just like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do this is, this needs to change. Like this is, this is so important. And, and it's just so mission critical and, and yeah, there are news articles about it, but um, it's not something that feels like the, the national emergency that it, that it really um, clearly is in, in our society. So, um, so what do we do about it? Well, the simplicity certainty now I just described is is kind of the, the the macro answer to that question. We really focus on delivering those things, helping teachers feel um, much more universally valued and 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 just valued as professionals uh, and supported as professionals, and so and listened to. So if if we do that, we give them what they want. It's it's going to certainly help that, but but it's not enough, and it's not it's not a magic bullet by any stretch. Um, one great example we have is uh, there's a uh, the professional development product uh, called Letters that I mentioned um, a couple minutes ago, focused on literacy and helping um, teachers uh, bring structured literacy, the science of reading, into their classrooms and to teach literacy uh, really effectively. And so there's such a huge need for that in in uh, the education space right now. And letters has been, letters has grown by a factor of six times in the last three years because of that. The need is just so great. And it's such a, a robust um, professional development uh, program. And we have you know, statewide contracts that are in support of statewide initiatives for 
um, for reading proficiency and science of reading uh, that are happening. And we've got an example in Mississippi of all states uh, in, you know, they, they made, they actually made gains in the nation's report card uh, in reading when no other state did. Um, Mississippi wow. of all places. And so, um, and, and that's a state that we, we worked kind of at the state level and so that's that's continuing, and and those, you know, we talk about Cambium being a company of scale. Um, it really comes down to impact as much as it does about about growth and just being a, a, a you know a healthy, profitable company. It's about it's about impact. You know, if if we're able to to work at a state level to help all of the teachers in the state get better at teaching literacy and feel more supported and more um, just better equipped as professionals. Um, that's impact that we can have, like immediate impact that we can have and, and longstanding impact. So um, we're continuing to look for ways, uh, you know, certainly letters is, is growing by leaps and bounds. It's continuing to expand. And as we're making other uh, product development decisions, um, looking at other uh, acquisition possibilities, we're looking for things that can have that kind of impact on those kinds of problems. Um, we're not really interested in going down kind of, um, you know, sort of maybe interesting, but, but less impactful paths. We want to focus on the big problems, uh, the big challenges, and make sure that we're able to do things uh, that can scale and reach lots of key teachers, lots of kids. Well, and having the impact now, just like you said, in Mississippi is important, but I imagine you'll continue to follow up on uh, this with uh, research. But I would imagine that those teachers feeling that support is going to help retention. Hopefully, uh, it's going to keep more teachers teaching and and on a macro scale, my, my hope is that technology is no longer seen as a, a supplement, but it is part of the core now. And teachers are over the misconception that AI or technology is coming to take their jobs. It's really here to enhance the learner experience and enhance the teacher experience so that they have more time to do the things that they got into teaching to do, like spend one-on-one -on -one time, small group time, connecting with students. And so I'm, I'm hopeful. Uh, my glass is half full that, that technology is going to play a really important role post-pandemic uh, where we hopefully are past this, uh, uh, you know, friction with educators and technology. And, and it's been embraced by force, unfortunately, but, but I'm hoping that that'll save this next generation of teachers from wanting to get out after that three or five year mark. And, and we'll get closer to that 15 year tenure um, or, or beyond, uh, which will be really exciting. And on a side note, hopefully, some of the state uh, and federal uh, testing guidelines have been relaxed and, and hopefully that'll continue um, strategically, of course, um, to take a little pressure off of uh, teachers and, and hopefully avoid some burnout in that respect. Um, you've shared some great stories uh, of Cambium. I'm gonna ask you to share one more uh, as we end. My audience knows we like to end on a glass half full uh, story. So. Uh, please share whether that's a school, a district, uh, an innovation within one of your groups. Uh, give us a good story to end on. Yeah, I, um, so many great ones. W one that's really top of mind for me, uh, just because it's very recent and it's just such a, a cool story, is um, uh, learning A to Z. That's our, uh, it's a uh, pre-K to five uh, digital company that has, um, it's been historically largely focused on literacy, but also includes things like science and vocabulary and uh, you know other things for for pre-k to five teachers um, great business just growing like crazy uh, NPS scores off the charts teachers absolutely love uh, learning a to Z and have for um, ever, ever, ever since it was founded in the early 2000s um, 
they recently partnered with uh, UNICEF Kid Power. And um, so why do they do that? Well, the, the learning A to Z products um, are student-centric, uh, the, the student-centric products they have, uh, things like Raz Kids, uh, which is used by you know close to forty percent of of kids in this country. Um, Raz Kids has uh, digital books and quizzes and other activities that the kids actually uh, do um, in the product. And um, historically, they they get stars when they complete things. They they read a book, they complete a quiz, and they would get those stars and they would be able to kind of build out their avatars and their their spaceships and stuff. And so it's really cool, engaging. Kind of motivational thing for them. Um, the team at Learning A to Z uh, partnered with UNICEF Kid Power to um, to kind of say, okay, well, how can we maybe make this even more meaningful for the kids? I mean, they love doing uh, earning the stars and being able to to do those things, but um, wouldn't it be great if the kids could donate their stars to other kids that needed help and um, just needed uh, needed support and and things like things like, uh, you know, meals and clean access to clean drinking water, things like that. Um, and so um, they partnered with UNICEF, they, they ran this program and it just blew everyone away in terms of the impact. And the impact was, was huge, not just in terms of the impact it had uh, kind of on the, the charity side, um, but the learning side too. So um, with respect to UNICEF, the end result was the, the kids donated all of these stars and more than 250,000 meals were donated to kids that needed wow. them, and and 3.4 million days of access to clean drinking water um, were also uh, were also donated as part of these kids donating these stars. So, kind of the the cherry on top of all of this wasn't just that amazing impact and just the the, the um, kind of global lessons that that's teaching kids. Um, the result was that kids read three times the number of books. When they were actually donating, as opposed to um, just getting their regular stars. So not only did it have the impact that we wanted to have, which was um, doing something really meaningful for kids that needed help, but um, but it actually helped the, the teachers with their goals, and the and the kids read more, and they uh, completed more activities, they read more books. So it was just an absolute um, kind of eye-opening moment where this blending of of social responsibility and learning and, and how they can really fuel each other uh, came together in, in just this one program. So, you know, this happened and we're, we're already, you know, this is where it's great being part of Cambium where we can start talking at the Cambium level to say, oh man, this is so great. How do we do this? What are other ideas that we could do? And how could we do this with other digital products we have? Because it clearly is just so, so impactful. And again, that's, you know, the impact is really where we're so focused right now as a business. And that was just a a great example that just happened uh, this spring. Oh, I love that story. And it, it's almost a, a Paul Harvey, the rest of the story, not only when given the choice to, to donate versus have something for themselves, this generation of students often chooses to donate, but then to see that that is motivating to the point of three times uh, the number of books read is just unbelievable and, um, and hopefully inspiring to my audience. If you're in uh, a school or district to to think outside the box and think about uh, new ways to motivate today's students. Uh, and a special shout out to my friend Lisa Masta, uh, president of uh, Learning A to Z. Kudos to you and your team for uh, for working uh, on that program. That's really phenomenal. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Lisa's doing a fantastic job, um, and and certainly she is looking for ways to. She's so focused on on this impact that 
that learning A to Z can have. Certainly, growing the business and and all of the things that um, that, that we know are important. But um, but impact is something that she's she's brought and tons of enthusiasm there. So it's it's just great to see. It's great to be a part of um, at Cambium. Well, it's been a great spending this time with you. I'm sure my audience uh, appreciates it. John Jorgensen, CMO at Cambium Learning Group. Uh, if it was easy to be an EdTech portfolio company, everyone would do it. Uh, and obviously, uh, they don't. So uh, kudos again to you and your team for doing that. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, JW. And to my audience, thank you as usual for joining another episode of Voices of E-Learning. Be sure to check out past episodes on our website, on all of the places that you listen to podcasts or watch podcasts. And uh, again, thank you and always, always keep learning.